kids podcast. <laughs> you can go slow. A kids podcast about. This is Sarah Jones Breaks It Down. I'm Sarah, and I'm here to help us better understand what's happening in the world. Why? Because as a journalist, that's my job. And this world isn't just filled with adults. Nope. It's our world. So every week, we'll talk about the stories that you may overhear some adults talking about, and we'll break it down. Break it down. down. Break it down. So hearing aids. They can make this... Sound more like this. This is Sarah Jones Breaks It Down. But insurance companies say they're not a necessary medical device. So that's why there was such a frenzy over a recent announcement by the Food and Drug Administration, also known as the FDA. The FDA cleared the way for over-the-counter hearing aids to become available in traditional retail and drugstores as soon as mid-October. But experts say the media attention may have been a little overblown. I think it's a good step in the right direction, but I don't think it's worth the, oh my gosh, we have found a solution for all individuals with abnormal hearing levels in the United States. So let's break it down. There's a spectrum of hearing devices, and each is tailored to an individual's needs and preferences. Some are even surgically placed. Dr. Michelle Hu wears a BTE hearing aid. Which is one of the most common. Has a microphone on the top, battery and computer goes behind the ear, and the sound is channeled down through either an ear mode tubing or a wire so that the amplifier or speaker is um, pretty close to the eardrum. So it just uh, makes the sound louder at different frequencies. The real art of BTE hearing aids or any other hearing devices comes in the personalization of each and every single device. We as audiologists make a lot of different adjustments based on that person's specific hearing loss or different hearing levels. And it can vary between ear to ear even. Jessica Lewis is a close friend of mine from college. She has two little boys who both wear hearing devices, and she says none of it is cheap. With our first kid, when he was diagnosed with hearing loss, insurance didn't cover it. And so we had to pay out of pocket for his hearing aids, which I think at the time, I'd have to ask my husband, but I'm pretty sure it was around $6,000. And he was like, (laughs) and he was, you know, six weeks old. A couple of years later, we were living in Oregon the insurance coverage changed. And so if you were in state insurance, it would cover hearing aids. But that's not nationwide. And why didn't insurance cover, like, what was their reasoning? I'm like a fairly positive. It's because they're considered cosmetic, which is (laughs) mind-blowing if you think about it because it's a medical device. But like the majority of states don't cover them. What a lot of people don't know is that being deaf or hard of hearing can be a huge range in different levels. Same with vision, how, you know, it's not pass or fail. We do it more in decibels. At what decibel level can I hear this pitch at? And that's how we evaluate and create an audiogram to show you where along the entire spectrum of sound And just like each ear is unique and every fingerprint is unique, so are the choices for how we wish to communicate in the world and what languages we want to speak. Most children with different types of hearing levels 
are born to parents who have normal hearing. As a family, when they find out that their child is deaf or hard of hearing, they need to figure out, okay, what do we, what do we want our family to look like in five years? How do we want to communicate? Do we want to choose to go with amplification? Do we want to choose to only use ASL or some kind of visual language? Do we want to do some kind of hybrid of both? And an audiologist um, and, or a deaf and hard of hearing mentor or a teacher of the deaf, all of those people need to be in your village to help you raise this child, be successful at whatever they want to do, however they want to do it. So state by state, most insurance companies do not cover hearing aids. I don't think it's a cosmetic issue. It's a medical necessity if what they want to do is you have spoken language. A lot of times children come to us with, my child has speech delay. Why do I need to come for a hearing test? Well, I need to check out and tell you for sure on both ears that everything that's going into the ears is clear. Because how can they take that, convert it into good, clear speech if that's where the first challenge is? Jessica agrees. It's not cosmetic because it it allows my children to have access to sounds that they wouldn't otherwise hear. And a lot of those sounds also happen to be in speech. So like if they're not hearing those sounds, the, their speech wouldn't be developed appropriately. Their, their brains wouldn't be able to make those connections to make those sounds. So it is critical and they like them. You know, they wear their hearing aids for like 12 hours a day. So when the FDA said it was finalizing a, quote, historic rule, enabling access of over-the-counter hearing aids to millions, many people were ecstatic. But unfortunately, a lot of news reporters seemed to miss some key information that was a few paragraphs down in the government's press release. The FDA's ruling applies to certain air conduction hearing aids for people 18 and up. And it, quote, establishes a new category of over-the-counter hearing aids, enabling consumers with perceived mild to moderate hearing impairments to purchase hearing aids directly from stores or online retailers without the need for a medical exam, prescription, or a fitting adjustment by an audiologist, end quote. The FDA says hearing aids that are intended for severe hearing impairment or anyone under 18 are to remain under prescription only. But there are a couple realities we need to address. The first being, there's a reason experts go to school to become audiologists. So our cochlea is tonotopically organized. If you unravel it, it would be like keys on the piano, from low pitches all the way to high pitches. Someone who is getting a little bit older may lose some of those higher pitches, and someone else might be losing, you know, certain certain decibels at a different pitch because they have, you know a secular chain disarticulation, like the bones are not connecting well with the eardrum or the tympanic membrane. Every person has a different type of level, just like you have a different fingerprint on your right hand, different fingerprints on your left hand. So it's very much an individual case-by-case basis with your hearing. And an audiologist adjusts hearing devices the same way, say, an ophthalmologist adjusts your eyeglasses or contact prescription for your eyes. It's similar to the reading glasses or glasses that are available in the drugstore. And it could help, but it could potentially be dangerous as well. Airbuds in your ear for an extended period of time, you could cause hearing loss within, within your own ears. What if these amplifiers are helping you, but not programmed specifically for your individual ears? 
Now, the FDA does say this rule is designed to assure the safety and effectiveness of over-the-counter hearing aids. And the second reality we need to clarify... Amplifiers and hearing aids have been available to people for decades. You can go to the hunting section in Walmart and find an amplifier. The FDA says it hopes making some hearing aids over-the-counter will help to drive the market price down by fostering innovation and competition in the hearing aid technology marketplace. So that will be something to watch. But there are some other ideas about how to help drive down the cost of hearing devices for consumers. Would it be better if insurance covered it rather than putting out a one-size-fits-all? A thousand percent. It would be better if there was more insurance coverage for the hearing aid brands and companies that already exist out there. My dad wears hearing aids now and he's over 65, so it gets covered on Medicare and he can just get a new pair. They just like show up and drop them off. And, you know, I was like, wow, you know, he's getting thousands of dollars worth of technology for free because he's over 65. Um, But yet my kids will need these hearing devices their whole life. So now you know a little bit more about what's really going on with over-the-counter hearing aids and what many media reports may have missed. But information is for everyone, and everyone matters. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. So let's talk about something that's going on in the world that isn't getting as much attention, but should be. The term journalists use for that type of story is underreported, and news can be underreported for a lot of different reasons. So school is starting up again, and a small town in the U.S. state of Missouri is bringing back a form of punishment that hasn't been around in schools for at least a generation. For the first time in over 20 years, Cassville School District is bringing back physical punishment for students whose parents decide to opt in. Physical punishment means to inflict physical pain. It's called corporal punishment. In schools, it can range from spanking to paddling, which means using a kind of flat piece of wood. And technically, it's still legal in the U.S. In 1977, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that school corporal punishment is constitutional, basically leaving the decision up to each and every state. New Mexico became the most recent state to ban corporal punishment in public schools in 2011. But it still exists in Missouri and more than a dozen other states, most of them located in the South. Thank you for listening and for breaking it down with me today and throughout the season. This is our 10th episode and marks the end of our first season, but that doesn't mean you can't still reach out. If you have any questions about the FDA, hearing aids or hearing loss, or if there's something else going on in the world that you want us to break down, write to us or record a message and email us at listen at a Sarah Jones Breaks It Down is written and reported by me, Sarah Jones. You can learn about me and my work or reach out to me directly at sarahjonesreports.com. Our show is edited and produced by Matthew Winner with help from Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. Our executive producer is Jelani Memory, and this show is brought to you by Kids Co. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found, and check out our other podcasts made for kids just like you by visiting akidsco.com. Thank you for hanging out with me, and stay curious. Stay curious.